do this. Three, two, one. Hello, 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 everybody. I am here with Mr. Todd Bishop, co-founder and editor of GeekWire, Orland High graduate, 1991. Come on in Class here. of 91, go 91. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. You are the, I was telling you earlier, you are the hot topic. Everybody is just all a buzz about the new biz that is coming into Orland. Let me tell well, you. Amazon sounds like it's the hot topic. And But first, thank you for having me on, Monica. It's a pleasure to be on your show. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. So I want to find out, I'm going to just dive right into this. Yep. So was it just a, like just a random thing where you saw Amazon was coming in? Was it just, I mean, what, how did that all play about? Yeah. Um, you know, I talked with my parents most weekends, just checking in on a Sunday night and my dad or my mom mentioned that there were rumors of Amazon starting something out at the Orland airport. And, you know, I've covered Amazon now as a reporter in Seattle, uh, you know, going on 20 years and, that blew my mind that Amazon would be doing anything in Orland. <laughs> Not, <laughs> nothing against Orland. I mean, no, 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 no. As you no. know, yeah, but just it's 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 unusual um, that 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 they would be doing that, um, so do, doing something in a in a small rural community. Um, yes. And and you know, it's the kind of thing where it just it, it was surprising. It was really surprising. You know what? My camera just went all blurry. Is that there? Well, that'll okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the technology. Um, you gotta so, love it. So I immediately like went into full investigative reporter mode, you know, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, I, I texted our our common friends uh, Cecilia and Carl Gunnis to try and figure out, like, hey, because I know Cecilia. If anybody knew what was going on, it was yes. going to be Cecilia. <laughs> um, and uh, so, uh, just really tried to figure out what was happening and. Uh, it really what I think is going on there is obviously big for Orland, but it's very big for Amazon in that it represents a broader effort by the company to move into rural areas with its distribution hub. And so for me as a reporter, it was like, not only did I get to dig into something in my hometown and kind of have the home field advantage against this company that I've been covering for so many years, but also not against them, but, but yeah. You know, yeah, but but also, you know, I got to reconnect with everybody that that I grew up with. So just just tons of fun. Well, also too, you know how to speak our language. Don't you think like you could <laughs> go back to, you know, I, I listened to one of your interviews whenever you were speaking about it, and you said, you know, a handshake in a small town goes a long way. You know, in in well, rural areas. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now it's just a fist bump or I can give you right. an elbow. But right. you know, there is a difference between a handshake and a contract, but there's really not, you know, these people that want the contract, they don't realize that when you stick your hand out and say, I'm going to do it, we mean that we're going to do it. You know, we, right. you know, that the contract just comes with it. But right. I think that um, the one thing that I learned in this, because I did some digging myself, I'm a hairdresser, I've been doing hair for 25 years. And I have had you, you wouldn't believe the people coming in. And they just, it's funny because they said, oh, you know, Amazon makes it to where they don't tell people that they're coming in. They kind of want it to be a secret. Well, you know that surely down the road heard it from Mike right. that was at coffee with Bob and Bob heard from his kid that Amazon was coming in. We heard this like three months ago. And then 
everybody called poor Bob a liar. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty yes. much what it was. Well, and then now, you know. <laughs> usually, <laughs> right. You'd be yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Nine times <laughs> out of 10, Bob knows what he's talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's exciting. I really do. And and I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity that this is going to give Orland to kind of boost it a little bit. You know, that's what I'm hoping I for. Yeah. And I think from the folks I talked to, there are certainly some people who feel like you do where this is something that could inject some new momentum into the economy, give it uh, more variety and more diversity in terms of where the money comes from into Orland and, and help out the business community. I think there's also folks that are concerned when um, I was talking with one person and they heard it was $15 an hour. I think they were a little surprised. Now, $15 an hour is nothing to sneeze at. And, and obviously it's more than minimum wage and it's great. But I think when people think Amazon, they think, oh, wow, there's all that wealth coming into our town. And so I think there was a little bit of a disconnect between the actual wage, starting wage. It'll be more for, for folks, for some folks, but I, I definitely encountered a lot of mixed feelings. And that was one of the most fascinating things about the whole thing was just how varied it was and the differences between what the Amazon folks thought coming in and what, you know, the people in Orland, how they reacted. So a lot of, it was just really interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I liked it when some said, I was really surprised at the generation, you know, the older generation, those are the ones that were open to it. You know, they saw their children starve basically during this pandemic of not being able to work and not realizing that, you know, you you will deal with the bumps later. We just need to get people back into the workforce and get them going and get them in it and then set this standard for kids that are the generation behind them to kind of, you know, take the lead. So uh, that's what really surprised me the most. Cause normally the older ones are like, no, Orland needs to stay Orland, you know, old time. We are, I always say I have a show, uh, Steve and Monica show and the, my co-host is from Woodland Hills. And so when I tell him we are from a one Taco Bell town and he goes, that, that doesn't compute with me. I don't understand that. And I said, how long does it take you to get to work? And he goes, well, you know, traffic is good. I'm about 10 miles away. So it takes me about however long. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even like to drive out to CVS. I get mad, you know, <laughs> and I have to go through two stoplights. And most of the time, you know, Martha's walking your dog and, you know, you got to wait until she crosses and he's going, you would never make it here. You would, it would never happen. And so that's what I think we want to keep at the same time. You know, we know that we're eventually going to have to evolve into something you know and for me it's interesting to look at that from amazon's perspective because the handshake the transparency just the simple idea of having somebody on site who would walk across the street and meet the one neighbor who's across the street i mean <laughs> like how hard is that yeah. and they didn't do it for how many months mm -mm. and to me it speaks to a difference in values and for better or worse. I mean, there would be shareholders of Amazon who would say, Hey, we don't want the company expending that energy. We want the company moving in as efficiently as it possibly can, because we're not just building as Amazon in Orland, we're building around the country and, and handshakes don't scale, you know? Mm -hmm. no. And I think that's the fundamental disconnect. And so for me, as a journalist looking at it, 
That's fascinating. I mean, it is two different worlds. And, you know, the story that I wrote got a ton of reaction. Uh, I've got lots and lots of emails from people, not just in Orland, but from people in rural parts of the country elsewhere who grew up, you know, in Iowa, and uh, there was somebody from Oregon, and there were people who just saw their communities in the reaction that Orland had to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, you know, it's hard. So you're, you live, you're based out of Seattle, correct? Yes. That's and, where you are. And, yep. Was it hard for you originally? Cause I, you know, I, I, the text that I sent you was, you know, was it hard to have roots and wings? Was it hard knowing that you had Orland always will be your home. You know, you, you grew up here, you graduated here and then you kind of went away. You, do you find yourself wanting the small town type feel back or is it, are you, are you like most where you're like, I'm done with it. I'm glad it's there. Uh, I'm glad I experienced it, but I needed to get away. I've always wanted to ask somebody that. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know that I'm going to give you an entirely satisfying answer because I don't think about it in that way. I am so um, driven by the process of reporting and writing that as long as there's interesting stuff happening around me, I'm good, mm -hmm. you know? And that's one reason why in Seattle, it's just been fascinating because we've got a really big base of tech and business here. And um, we don't have the competition from other tech news sites that you would in Silicon Valley. Um, but I'll tell you the place where I really struggled initially with it was, because uh, I stayed close to home for college I went to Chico State and, but right after college, I went to Philadelphia for three years and I worked in the suburbs for the Philadelphia Inquirer for two years in like a program that they had for young, young journalists. And it was fantastic, but oh my God, I, it was intimidating. And some of the scariest things that I've ever done, you know, work-wise were there just because it was totally foreign to me. And so in that way, I, I can remember when I was younger, especially to your roots and wings question, I, I remember thinking, gosh, I, I, this is not me. And you know, the East Coast just also is not me. So I, that was one reason for coming back to Seattle. I, but to your question, I love Orland. It's a wonderful place. It was uh, an incredible place to grow up. My wife and uh, we have a 10 year old daughter. We go back and you know, I make a point of um, visiting just, just even just the, the idea of, um, riding our bikes on those streets, yeah. you know, it's talk about a foreign concept for my daughter, like, you know, compared to Seattle, having to dodge things and stay on the sidewalk. And it's a very urban environment to be able to go, you know, <laughs> ride just a bike. To be able and, to run. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it, it, I, I love it. It's, it's great. Uh, just just overall, it's just a, a, a great place to be from and it's a great place to come back to. And I wouldn't rule out coming back permanently at some point um, mm -hmm. if you brought me back, if there was something cool to, to do. Like, like, I don't know, like an Amazon facility to cover full time. <laughs> there you go. There's always <laughs> going to be a story. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I always te get teased all the time because I have a five minute radius, five mile radius rule. If it's out of the five mile, you know, if people want to bring it to me, I will look at whatever it is. But to drive out there, I'm like, oh, God, I just don't. I got to get on the freeway. I got to merge. 
there's just a lot to it. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I get on the freeway and then all of a sudden it's like stranger danger. They're too close to my car. I got to get off. You get off 99 and road seven is always the, you know, you'll always know by road seven. If you're not feeling the freeway, you can get off because that's just, <laughs> if anybody listening to this, it's, it, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm right there with you. You know, sometimes coming in from the airport, I'll really upset my family because I'll like to get off in, in Willows and drive up 99. I'm like, I'm done with the freeway, you know? It's, wait, it's not 99. Is it 99 anymore? We always called it that. It's old 99. Yes, it's old 99. Yes. yes. You know, you go over the, through the arch once you get to, you know, my husband teases me. He's not from here. He's, uh, he's from a little town up above Yosemite. And he says, every time I look at you, once we hit the Glen County line, it's like this face of just pure <laughs> love has just come over you because you look more relaxed now than when we were on our vacation. And I said, I think that's, you. and I always tell him, you can't have roots and wings. You know, I like, um, I like it when uh, we get transplants in here. And, you know, one of my clients told me her brother moved here and she said, you know, he's, he was raised elsewhere and I was raised here. And she says the first time he moved here and he heard the fire whistle go off whenever there was a fire call, literally took him like 20 minutes to get out from underneath the table because he swore that there was a tornado or something was happening. And he goes, right. what, what is going on here? Do they do that all the time? And she goes, yeah, that's, that's the fire whistle. He goes, I, I've never heard that before and I don't like it. She goes, well, <laughs> It's been here for a hundred years. You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> so, but coming from a small town and knowing all of that and then interviewing Bill Gates, like how did, oh. how, like, how does it go from, I, I'm just, I'm astonished by that. I think I had no idea that we had a 91 Orland high graduate interviewing Bill Gates. Like, how does that happen? That's just, uh, well, first off, that's terrifying. Talk about terrifying. I was going to oh say, God. I wouldn't have Jeez. been able, I would have gotten the hiccups or something weird. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah. Honestly, that is just a function of the job that I did when I first got here. Um, well, the second job that I had, um, I worked for the Seattle PI newspaper, which was the, you know, it's gone now. It's no longer, well, it's a website, but it's not a newspaper anymore. And I covered Microsoft and it was, the PI was one of the two uh, daily papers in Seattle. And so Microsoft really wanted to reach the local employees. So, you know, they, they would offer you interviews with their executives, including Bill Gates at times. I mean, I've had, I've at this point, cause I've been covering the company now for almost 20 years. I mean, I'm just saying this only because it's it's been an evolution. I've probably interviewed him ten or twelve times, and it took me a it took me so long to figure out how to interview him. Really? I, I, it was it was this long process of painful trial and error because if you don't if you don't get his attention at the very beginning with something really different, he goes into this like mental boilerplate where. He's so smart that I think he can talk and it, the rest of his mind is doing something else like productive. If he's not, if you don't engage that part of his mind, that's really get. So I've learned the trick. I talked to him about hamburgers at the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> hamburgers. Hamburgers. He loves hamburgers. He loves wow. 
the burger master here in Seattle. He loves, it's called Dick's Burgers, um, which people outside the, the city always laugh about, but there's two things. And like one of the biggest stories we ever had, breaking news, Bill Gates was standing in line at the Dick's Burger and somebody got a picture of him. And it was I, uh, our, my colleague, Kurt Slosser is a headline master. And his headline was billions served. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, that's how you get a man's attention that is worth that kind of money is you talk about burgers. I guarantee, were you just, so the, so the first interview that you did with him, how, on a scale of one to 10, what was the nerves like? I mean, were oh you my God. ready to vomit or were you wanting to quit and be like, I can't do this. Well, I, tap me out. Uh, I mean, it, it was beyond, it was off the charts because it wasn't just, if I remember correctly, that one wasn't just Bill Gates, it was Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer, who was then the Microsoft CEO together, or he was about to become, I forget the timing at this point. I mean, I was terrified. It was an awful interview. And the thing is, because the same reason, like those guys, they, they do, those types of people, they do millions of these things. And it's not important to them if you, if you don't bring it and do something that's different for them they're just not even really present. And I, I remember walking out and I was like, you got to get them laughing. You got something, you got something to get them. Like, like you, Monica, you would do great, you know, at, at that. Seriously, you would get their attention. Like, like you've, you've got that, you know, ability to break the ice, make somebody go, whoa, yeah, you know, roots well, and wings. You. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I, I think, thank you. yeah, you, whereas, me, I, I go in and I'm just, you know, I tried to approach it academically and it just didn't work. No, you can't, you, you just no. can't because guys like that, they're going to, they're probably balancing their checkbook while they're trying to tell you what, you know, I'm going to save the world. And then they're like, okay, you know, I just spent 2 billion on that Island. And then they're yes. talking to you about something, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> I'm going to go to Haiti for Christmas or I'm going to do this. That's what they're thinking. It's not, you know, yeah. that. So I know it's like, it's like trying to figure out which one is your favorite kid when you have more than one, but what was the most memorable and best interview that you ever have done that you sit back and you think if that could be on the top of my, Oh, this you know is it? easy. No, it's oh. without question, without, without question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul Allen, the other Microsoft co-founder, uh, about uh, eight years before, well, it was, uh, gosh, it's been almost 10 years now. He passed away maybe three years ago, but this was about 10 years ago. He came out with his book, his autobiography. Um, and somehow, you know, my trick has just been, I always ask, I always just ask, I, you, you get rejected a million times, but I, ca I called up his PR person. I said, who's interviewing Paul at his, uh, it is Seattle appearance. And he said, well, it's funny. We were just talking about that. Uh, you're interested. Okay. Let me talk about it. They, and so this is at town hall in Seattle and it was like a homecoming for him. He's, he was very reclusive. He wasn't, he was very, I remember um, he was scared of interacting with the crowd. He was really kind of nervous. He was, he was truly the nerd of the two. I mean, like you think Bill Gates a nerd, like yeah. Bill Gates is extremely sociable compared to Paul Allen was. Yes. Wow. Um, and I, I had a, to your point, to the point of this, I had an icebreaker ready and it just, I don't know if I could even replicate it by repeating it, but it just, the crowd, it was like somebody broke the tension 
And yeah, because the book was all about, the, one of the big issues with the book was, it was about this tension between Bill Gates and Paul Allen. And Paul Allen also owned the Seahawks. So I, I built it up and I said, Paul, I just want to get this out of there right away, right up front. You know, this is, you're in a relation, a long-term relationship. It's, it's been very difficult lately. And, and I just want to get you to address it. And I built it up. I like really built it up. And I said, is Matt Hasselbeck coming back to the Hawks? <laughs> and everybody just went. And, and from there, he talked about his submarines. He talked about all these things. And so Oh my gosh. I, yeah. Sorry. I'm going on and on, but no, it, it, no, this is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and not everybody outside of Seattle really has heard of Paul Allen, but you know, everybody knows Bill Gates, um, mm -hmm. but he's very influential. He was very influential here in terms of his investments in Seattle. And um, yeah. So to answer your question directly, I mean, that by far, that was the pinnacle. I don't think it's ever going to get any better than that. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, I, I was watching some and you've got an amazing, you know, I, I'm a YouTube dork. I get on YouTube and I, I don't even know why I spend the, you know, $9 million in dish and everything else, because all I do is get on YouTube. And that's my answer to everything. Well, I Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny, but you know, my number one answer when people say, can you come over and help me? I'm like, yeah, do you know how to do it? No, but we'll YouTube it, you know, yes. we'll figure it out. There's always, there's always some guy that is on there or some woman, if they can teach you how to fold your clothes, they'll teach you how to put windshield wipers on. And that's, that's my answer to everything. I'll just YouTube it. So then you find yourself, you know, looking at past top 10 Alex Trebek moments at one in the morning because you drank too much coffee at nine o'clock at night. And that's, I'm such a YouTube dork. And so I went through all your videos and it's just, it's amazing. The, the lineup that you have is just incredible. I love it. Absolutely love it. So I want to tell you that you are my Bill Gates and, you know, oh, please I, come on. No. Fantastic. I was so nervous. I oh, got please. I did. I was no, like, I, no. I'm gonna screw this up. <laughs> Talk to Cecilia. Trust me, that'll go away. Oh my god. Carl, Carl and Cecilia will dispel you of any of this notion. I gotta say, I'm the same way on YouTube. I've got a few different channels that I that I'm just obsessed with. John Boy Media, if you're into sports. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly Breakdowns. what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Can't watch so it in the living room because he swears. Anyway, I know hot tea mouth. I found that out the, the hard way. It wasn't good. Um, so as far as podcasting goes, what is a podcast that you listen to? That was a question that I got asked. They wanted to know who is it that you listen when you have a podcast in your head, where do you go for? Yeah. Um, a few different ones, but, uh, you know, industry wise, I know this is going to be nerdy and it's actually not going to satisfy the people who ask you. This. I love recode media by Peter Kafka. He's this guy who interviews all these media Titans. And like, I learned so much about the media trends and what's going on in tech and media. And I just like his style too, because he's just like, it's as if he just rolled out of bed, except he's so good, so well-prepared. It just, this, his manner of speaking is, it's very, very good. Um, it, so I'm trying to think, um, what other podcasts have I been listening to lately? You know, 
I, my wife, Amy, and I love, um, you know, narrative, uh, crime stuff. Like, so like Dr. Death, that was a big one that we loved. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, that whole genre is really great. I stumbled upon a mortician one and I don't know how I got into it. It is, uh, I'll send it to you. And it basically goes through the whole entire thing about how she's a mortician and I'm scaring the heck out of my husband because every time he goes to take a bite of something, he just looks at me like, this good, cool, we, we good to go. I'm addicted to it and I don't know why. And she is amazing. She gets on there and talks about all these screwed up, you know, debacle problems that they had and, you know, this guy died and no one found him for four years or whatever. And you're like, wow, what'd the chair look like? You know, I hope they show pictures, you know, <laughs> there's always those people where you're like, you know, they're like, I couldn't watch it. It was too graphic. I'm like, hit me. Let, where, where are we at on that? I want to see it. Or, um, I, I got into Rogan. I like him a lot, but this mortician woman is fantastic. Let me tell yes. you. She's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And then then I find myself watching the crazy Russian hacker that buys weird crap on Amazon and then tests it out to see if it works or not. I mean, that's... Oh, wait, I haven't seen that one. What's that? Oh, it is phenomenal. He did a tomato slicer and I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I don't know Would why. you send me that link too? I'd like to see that. Yes. But wait, is... that's, that's a YouTube video. Yes. And he okay. has a whole ton of them and he, and I love his Russian accent because he did a jelly belly one and I scared, I scared everybody in the house because I had my earbuds in and he's like, uh oh, I got dish soap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's always the problem with jelly bellies. I know. <laughs> so I want to ask you about the quarantine move. I want to ask you, sure. how have you been handling it? Um, you, I sent you a text and said, let's do it at eight o'clock at night because I am failing fifth grade math. I'm, I'm flunking, Todd. I'm, I'm completely flunking. Uh, in fact, they don't even do check marks anymore. They just do PC. And so for please correct, <laughs> I've been telling my daughter that uh, it means I'm possibly cute and she's not buying it. And it's like, well, you may be possibly cute, but I'm failing math. <laughs> so how have you been handling it? Are you guys, are you guys in, are you guys completely open in Seattle? No, no, no. Schools are all closed. You guys are still closed down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm about done with it. <laughs> uh, we're, you know, we're fortunate. I've, I've got, um, a backyard and an office, uh, where I can work and, um, you know, it's, it's been not, you know, I feel fortunate in that way, but I mean, it's, it's been difficult. Like my daughter, it, she, it feels like the math, the, the, it's just gone into weird places. Like um, it's at one point before Christmas break, it was almost like they were, they moved them into eighth grade algebra. It was really weird with some of the math Thank problems. You. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, and I don't know how that happened. How did we graduate? Uh, this is a whole other level. And then the division is totally different. And I, I can't, I have to learn some new way of dividing and all this stuff. It's, it's been, 
that that part's been a challenge. Fortunately, my daughter's way smarter than I am. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, once once she figures it out, it's like no problem. Um, but you know, the, the, I think the most difficult thing for me has been trying to, because we've got a team of 10 people mm -hmm. and trying to keep everybody kind of keep the camaraderie up. Cause that, that really was one of our, you know, we are small and scrappy and, and work really hard, but we always had good camaraderie among the team and we still do, but it's very hard to maintain if you're not around each other physically, at least a couple times a week and and we're not we're all at home yeah and it's hard to it's hard to get into the zoom the zoom is the new thing and it's hard to you know i'm we're open here in glen county you know which we always we, we kind of were you know not playing by the rules and you know we've had a lot of people that have come out of you know come from out of town and they're going man i miss going out to dinner with my family you know my child is not having any you know socialism or being able to talk to people their their social skills have turned to crud basically because they they don't interact they don't see people sitting at another table to not talk and and i never realized that that it's those little tiny things you know and and you work well with others. Whenever you're working with people, you learn that you can bounce, even if it's not an idea, you can kind of get that look from across the room. Like they know when you've hit your limit and then they just ease into helping you out and you don't have that. That would be the hard thing. And, and so I, I get it. I absolutely get it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a picture from the bowling alley. I, you, you totally are not closed. <laughs> no, we... <laughs> It was funny, Barwood here in town. It's a it's a restaurant that we have. Oh, I, oh, come on. I know. It's I know Farwood. Okay, good. Okay, good. So they. How many times uh, have I eaten at Farwood? Go ahead. Anyway, avocado fries. Yes. So they have um. They had a picture of Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry, in a frame on the corner of the bar, and I was thinking, I walked in to go get my avocado fries and ahi nachos, and I was like that right there. I like it. That, that works for me. And she told me, you know, the owner, really nice lady. And she told me, she says, if, if we close, we, we close for good, you know? So we, mm. we, we do the social distancing. We all wear a mask. We do what we can, but people have got to get out. Okay. So we, on our show, on our GeekWire podcast, my colleague, John Cook, he loves trivia. And so we always challenge each other with trivia at mm -hmm. random moments when they come to mind. So Monica, I'm going to challenge you with oh, some gosh. Roland trivia. Okay, let's hear it. What was Farwood? What was the legendary bar? Richloo. Oh, you got it. <laughs> okay. All right. I was probably conceived in that bar, Todd. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I think my parents had their, my dad had a bar tab there that was a mile long. <laughs> That was the only bar it was legal to pee on the floor whenever you've had enough at last call. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and the bar is okay. original. Do you know that they, the bar in the safe is actually original? And, you know, the only thing that's missing is a little hint of, you know, Anheuser-Busch, the smell. <laughs> but I have a trivia question for you. Oh, no. Boy, I've opened the can. Okay, go ahead. I know. What is Orland known for in the Guinness Book of World Records? Oh, of course. Come on. Uh, the, the same number of churches and bars. Oh, gosh. See? 
<laughs> I asked somebody that was from here and they, uh, I can't remember. I don't remember. I'm like, really? And she's all, everybody has the same last name. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, oh, that is interesting though. I'll bet you if you showed me a hundred last names, I could pick out the Orland families. Oh, easily. Easily. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember Pratt's Hobby Shop, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So Frances Pratt, who God rest her soul, she was the dispatcher for OVFD for years. Her mother was also. And so, and she, um, you know, my husband was, has been on the department for 20 years. And, and he said, you know, one thing that we loved about Frances, whenever she would set the tone, send the tone out and then tell you where the call was at, she would say, you know, such and such address on County road, whatever, you know, past the red barn and the barking dog, you know, <laughs> you know, Wait. it's past the Silveras on yeah. the left hand yes. side. You can't yes. miss it. <laughs> what did you, so was she related to Gary Pratt? I'm not sure. Cause I don't know. we had a Pratt on, I know, I think they're still there. He's still there on, on our street. Mm -hmm. on Mullane circle. Uh-huh. Anyway. Oh no. This is know. getting I'll... deep into the Orland stuff now. I tell you what. That was I remember uh I was so excited when I married my husband because number 1 he wasn't from here so he knew nothing. My reputation meant nothing to him. And number 2, I knew we wouldn't be related and it wouldn't be illegal for us <laughs> to have children. Because I remember I wanted to ask a boy out in high school and I came home and I was so excited, a freshman, and I had built up the courage and I was going to do it the next day. And he had come from an out of district school and I didn't know who he was. And my mom looked at me and she goes, are you kidding me? And I go, it's because you can't ask him out. He's your cousin. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know, she goes, but it... He, they got divorced. So I think he's been removed. You might be fine. She goes, so if you guys get married, that'll just be cheaper for us. <laughs> I remember that. And I, I was grossed out. And after that, I was like, I am not marrying somebody from Orland. There is no way it's going to happen. Absolutely none. Well, it's better than your mom saying, great. You know, he's your cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell his mom? I said, Hey, <laughs> And don't forget, Aunt Bertha died. So <laughs> spread the news. <laughs> but um, it was funny because, you know, my Randy was sitting there. My husband was telling me, he goes, you know, moving here, I didn't realize you guys really like your destruction derbies. No, we don't mm. have derbies anywhere else. You know, you don't go anywhere. And, it, you know, he was totally in awe about the destruction derby and how serious people take it. The fair, how people take it parades and feeds he says orland is the number one place you have your spaghetti feed your rib feed, your board <laughs> bend feed he goes I, I don't get it why is it like that and i said because it's just the way that it is he goes you go anywhere else and you will not find that you, you just yeah. won't it won't happen absolutely not so but yeah i uh ha and having kids in a small town it kind of works too <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> All the cops know exactly who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I remember that as a kid. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So can you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to listen to your podcast or plug what yeah. you want to do? Let us know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, geekwire.com and you know our podcast is in the little podcast icon. You can just search for Geekwire on 
iTunes or Apple Podcasts or um, Google Podcasts. So mm-hmm. That's probably the best place. Yeah, it's a lot of tech stuff. It's a lot of tech stuff. I uh, did a podcast called Numbers Geek a few years ago mm-hmm. with with Steve with Steve Ballmer. That was mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you search for that, I, I'm especially that was I I put a lot of effort into that one. It was a lot of fun. It was all about uh, politics, which we did not talk about. I know. I can't believe it was, this. It was data and time. politics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time usually I fall right into it. It just kind of right into it. I just crash into it every time. Yeah. <laughs> so so you can be found. Uh, so GeekWire. And then once you type that in, everything will come up and yep. they'll be able to find you and you can't yeah. run away from it. That'd be yes. Awesome. All right, everybody. So make sure to like and subscribe on No Conditions if you want to find Todd. You can get him on GeekWire. And uh, do you guys have a Facebook page or anything like that? Oh, sure. Yep. Facebook.com slash GeekWire. Yeah. Get on there and find out. You guys can find me at No Conditions on Facebook and Instagram. And also, I am live every Tuesday and Thursday on Steve and Monica's show, 12 noon every week. Can't miss it with my co-host steve appel the amazing so yeah if you guys have any questions you guys can email me at noconditions2020 at gmail.com todd thank you so much for coming in and hanging with me this has been a blast i appreciate it thank you monica all right guys we'll see you soon thanks